Case 6, Part 2 of John Silence. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Draconis. John Silence by Algernon Blackwood. Case 6, Part 2. A Victim of Higher Space. Well, he resumed after a moment's pause, I procured the implements of the colored blocks for practical experiment, and I followed the instructions carefully till I had arrived at a working conception of four-dimensional space. The tesseract, the figure whose boundaries are cubes, I knew by heart. That is to say, I knew it and saw it mentally. For my eye, of course, could never take in a new measurement, or my hands and feet handle it. So, at least I thought, he added, making a wry face, I had reached the stage you see, when I could imagine in a new dimension, I was able to conceive the shape of that new figure which is intrinsically different to all we know, the shape of the tesseract. I could perceive in four dimensions when, therefore, I looked at a cube, I could see all its sides at once. Its top was not foreshortened, nor its farther side and base invisible. I saw the whole thing out flat, so to speak, and this tesseract was bounded by cubes. Moreover, I also saw its content, its insides." "'You were not yourself able to enter this new world,' interrupted Dr. Silence. "'Not then. I was only able to conceive intuitively what it was like and how exactly it must look. Later, when I slipped in there and saw objects in their entirety, unlimited by the paucity of our poor three measurements, I very nearly lost my life. For, you see, space does not stop at a single new dimension, a fourth. It extends in all possible new ones.' and we must conceive it as containing any number of new dimensions. In other words, there is no space at all, but only a spiritual condition. But, meanwhile, I had to come to grasp the strange fact that the objects in our normal world appear to us only partially. Mr. Mudge moved farther forward till he was balanced dangerously on the very edge of his chair. From this starting point, he resumed, I began my studies and experiments and continued them for years. I had money, and I was without friends. I lived in solitude and experimented. My intellect, of course, had little part in the work, for intellectually it was all unthinkable. Never was the limitation of mere reason more plainly demonstrated. It was mystically, intuitively, spiritually, that I began to advance, and what I learnt and knew and did is all impossible to put into language, since it all describes experiences transcending the experiences of men. It is only some of the results that you would call the symptoms of my disease that I can give you, and even these must often appear absurd contradictions and impossible paradoxes. I can only tell you, Dr. Silence, his manner became exceedingly impressive, that I reached sometimes a point of view whence all the great puzzle of the world became plain to me, and I understood what they call in the yoga books the great heresy of separateness, why all great teachers have urged the necessity of man loving his neighbor as himself, how men are all really one, and why the utter loss of self is necessary to salvation and the discovery of the true life of the soul. He paused a moment and drew breath. Your speculations have been my own long ago, the doctor said quietly. I fully realize the force of your words. Men are doubtless not separate at all in the sense they imagine. All this about the very much higher space I only dimly, very dimly conceived, of course, the other went on, raising his voice again by jerks. But what did happen to me was the humbler accident of the simpler disaster. Oh dear, how shall I put it? He stammered and showed visible signs of distress. It was simply this, he resumed with a sudden rush of words, that accidentally, as the result of my years of experiment, I one day slipped bodily into the next world, 
the world of four dimensions, yet without knowing precisely how I got there or how I could get back again. I discovered that is that my ordinary three-dimensional body was but an expression, a, a projection of my higher fourth-dimensional body. Now you understand what I meant much earlier in our talk when I spoke of chance. I cannot control my entrance or exit. Certain people, certain human atmospheres, certain wandering forces, thoughts, desires, even uh, the radiations of certain combinations of color, and above all, the vibrations of certain kinds of music will suddenly throw me into a state of what I can only describe as an intense, terrific inner vibration. And behold, I am off. Off in the direction at right angles to all our known directions. Off in the direction the cue takes when it begins to trace the outlines of the new figure. Off into my breathless and semi-divine higher space. Off inside myself, into the world of four dimensions. He gasped and dropped back into the depths of the immovable chair. And there, he whispered, his voice issuing from among the cushions, there I have to stay until these vibrations subside, or until they do something which I cannot find words to describe properly or intelligibly to you. And then, behold, I am back again. First, that is, I disappear, then I reappear. Just so, explained Dr. Silence. And that is why a few, why a few moments ago, interrupted Mr. Mudge, taking the words out of his mouth, you found me gone, and then saw me return. The music of that wretched German band sent me off. Your intense thinking about me brought me back. When the band had stopped its Wagner, I saw you approach the peephole, and I saw Barker's intention of doing so later. For me, no interiors are hidden. I see inside. When in that state, the content of your mind, as your body, is open to me as the day. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Mr. Mudge stopped and again mopped his brow. A light trembling ran over the surface of his small body, like wind over grass. He still held tightly to the arms of the chair. At first, he presently resumed, my new experiences were so vividly interesting that I felt no alarm. There was no room for it. The alarm came a little later. Then you actually penetrated far enough into that state to experience yourself as a normal portion of it, asked the doctor, leaning forward deeply interested. Mr. Mudge nodded, a perspiring face in reply. I did, he whispered. Undoubtedly, I did. I I'm coming to all that. It began first at night, when I realized that sleep brought no loss of consciousness. The spirit, of course, can never sleep. Only the body becomes unconscious, interposed John Silence. Yes, we know that, theoretically, at night, of course, the spirit is active elsewhere, and we have no memory of where and how, simply because the brain stays behind and receives no record. But I found that, while remaining conscious, I also retained memory. I had attained to the state of continuous consciousness, for at night I regularly, with the first approaches of drowsiness, entered Nolan's Volans, the four-dimensional world. For a time this happened regularly, and I could not control it, though later I found a way to regulate it better. Apparently, sleep is unnecessary in the higher, the fourth-dimensional body. Yes, perhaps, but I should infinitely have preferred dull sleep to the knowledge. For, unable to control my movements, I wandered to and fro, attracted owing, to my partial development and premature arrival, to parts of this new world that alarmed me more and more. It was the awful waste and drift of a monstrous world so utterly different to all we know and see that I cannot even hint at the nature of the sights and objects and beings in it. More than that, I cannot even remember them. I cannot now picture them to myself even, but can recall only the memory of the impression they made upon me, the horror and devastating terror of it all, to be in several places at once, for instance. Perfectly, interrupted John Silence, noticing the increase of the other's excitement. I understand exactly, but now, please tell me a little more of this alarm you experienced, and how it affected you. It's not the disappearing and reappearing per se that I mind, continued Mr. Mudge, so much as certain other things. It's seeing people and objects in their weird entirety, in their true and complete shapes that is so distressing. It introduces me to a world of monsters, horses, dogs, cats, all of which I loved, People, trees, children, 
all that i have considered beautiful in life everything from a human face to a cathedral appeared to me in a different shape and aspect to all i have known before i cannot perhaps convince you why this should be terrible but i assure you that it is so to hear the human voice proceeding from this novel appearance which i scarcely recognize as a human body is ghastly simply ghastly to see inside everything and everybody is a form of insight peculiarly distressing to be so confused in geography as to find myself one moment at the north pole and the next at clapham junction or possibly at both places simultaneously is absurdly terrifying your imagination will readily furnish other details without my multiplying my experiences now but you have no idea what it all means and how i suffer mr mudge paused in his panting account and lay back in his chair he still held tightly to the arms as though they could keep him in the world of sanity and three measurements and only now and again released his left hand in order to mop his face he looked very thin and white and oddly unsubstantial and he stared about him as though he saw into this other space he had been talking about john silence too felt warm he had listened to every word and had made many notes the presence of this man had an exhilarating effect upon him it seemed as if mr racine mudge still carried about with him something of that breathless higher space condition he had been describing at any rate dr silence had himself advanced sufficiently far along the legitimate paths of spiritual and psychic transformations to realize that the visions of this extraordinary little person had a basis of truth for their origin after a pause that prolonged itself into minutes he crossed the room and unlocked a drawer in a bookcase taking out a small book with a red cover it had a lock to it and he produced a key out of his pocket and proceeded to open the covers the bright eyes of mr mudge never left him for a single second it almost seems a pity he said at length to cure you mr mudge you are on the way to discovery of great things though you may lose your life in the process that is your life here in the world of three dimensions you would lose thereby nothing of great value you will pardon my apparent rudeness i know and you might gain what is infinitely greater your suffering of course lies in the fact that you alternate between two worlds and are never wholly in one or the other also i rather imagine though i cannot be certain of this from any personal experiments that you have here and there penetrated even into space of more than four dimensions and have hence experienced the terror you speak of the perspiring son of the essex bargeman and the woman of normandy bent his head several times in assent but uttered no word in reply some strange psychic predisposition dating no doubt from one of your former lives has favoured the development of your disease and the fact that you had no normal training at school or college no leading by the poor intellect into the cul-de-sac falsely called knowledge has further caused your exceedingly rapid movement along the lines of direct inner experience none of the knowledge you have foreshadowed has come to you through the senses of course mr mudge sitting in his immovable chair began to tremble slightly a wind again seemed to pass over his surface and again set it curiously in motion like a field of grass you are merely talking to gain time he said hurriedly in a shaking voice this thinking aloud delays us i see ahead what you are coming to only please be quick for something is going to happen a band is again coming down the street and if it plays if it plays wagner i shall be off in a twinkling precisely i will be quick i was leading up to the point of how to effect your cure the way is this you must simply learn to block the entrances true true utterly true exclaimed the little man dodging about nervously in the depths of the chair but how in the name of space is that to be done by concentration 
they are all within you these entrances although outer cases such as colour music and other things lead you towards them these external things you cannot hope to destroy but once the entrances are blocked they will lead you only to bricked walls and closed channels you will no longer be able to find the way quick quick cried the bobbing figure in the chair how is this concentration to be effected this little book continued dr silence calmly will explain to you the way he tapped the cover let me now read out to you certain simple instructions composed as i see you divine entirely from my own personal experiences in the same direction follow these instructions and you will no longer enter the state of higher space the entrances will be blocked effectively mr mudge sat bolt upright in his chair to listen and john silence cleared his throat and began to read slowly in a very distinct voice but before he had uttered a dozen words something happened a sound of street music entered the room through the open ventilators for a band had begun to play in the stable muse at the back of the house the march from tannhauser odd as it may seem that a german band should twice within the space of an hour enter the same muse and play wagner it was nevertheless the fact mr racine mudge heard it he uttered a sharp squeaking cry and twisted his arms with nervous energy around the chair a piteous look that was not far from tears spread over his white face gray shadows followed it the gray of fear he began to struggle convulsively hold me fast catch me for god's sake keep me here i'm on the rush already oh it's frightful he cried in tones of anguish his voice as thin as a reed dr silence made a plunge forward to seize him but in a flash before he could cover the space between them mr racine mudge screaming and struggling seemed to shoot past him into invisibility he disappeared like an arrow from a bow propelled at infinite speed and his voice no longer sounded in an external air but seemed in some curious way to make itself heard somewhere within the depths of the doctor's own being it was almost like a faint singing cry in his head like a voice of dream a voice of vision and unreality alcohol alcohol it cried give me alcohol it's the quickest way alcohol before i'm out of reach the doctor accustomed to rapid decisions and even more rapid action remembered that a brandy flask stood upon the mantelpiece and in less than a second he had seized it and was holding it out towards the space above the chair recently occupied by the visible mudge then before his very eyes and long ere he could unscrew the metal stopper he saw the contents of the closed glass phial sink and lessen as though someone were drinking violently and greedily of the liquor within thanks enough it deadens the vibrations cried the faint voice in his interior as he withdrew the flask and set it back upon the mantelpiece he understood that in mudge's present condition one side of the flask was open to space and he could drink without removing the stopper he could hardly have had a more interesting proof of what he had been hearing described at such length but the next moment the very same moment it almost seemed the german band stopped midway in its tune and there was mr mudge back in his chair again gasping and panting quick he shrieked stop that band send it away catch hold of me block the entrances block the entrances give me the red book oh 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 the music had begun again it was merely a temporary interruption the tannhauser march started again this time at a tremendous pace that made it sound like a rapid two-step as though the instruments played against time but the brief interruption gave dr silence a moment in which to collect his scattering thoughts and before the band had gone through half a bar he had flung forward upon the chair and held mr racine mudge the struggling little victim of higher space in a grip of iron his arms went all round his diminutive person taking in a good part of the chair at the same time he was not a big man yet he seemed to smother mudge completely yet even as he did so and felt the wriggling form underneath him it began to melt and slip away 
like air or water the wood of the armchair somehow disentangled itself from between his own arms and those of mudge the phenomenon known as the passage of matter through matter took place the little man seemed actually to get mixed up in his own being dr silence could just see his face beneath him it puckered and grew dark as though from some great internal effort he heard the thin reedy voice cry in his ears to block the entrances block the entrances and then but how in the world describe what is indescribable john silence half rose up to watch racing mudge his face distorted beyond all recognition was making a marvellous inward movement as though doubling back upon himself he turned funnel-wise like water in a whirling vortex and then appeared to break up somewhat as a reflection breaks up and divides in a distorting convex mirror he went neither forward nor backwards neither to the right nor the left neither up nor down but he went he went utterly he simply flashed away out of sight like a vanishing projectile all but one leg dr silence just had the time and presence of mind to seize upon the left ankle and boot as it disappeared and to this he held on for several seconds like grim death yet all the time he knew it was a foolish and useless thing to do the foot was in his grasp one moment and the next it seemed this was the only way he could describe it inside his own skin and bones and at the same time outside his hand and all round it it seemed mixed up in some amazing way with his own flesh and blood then it was gone and he was tightly grasping a draught of heated air gone 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 cried a thick whispering voice somewhere deep within his own consciousness lost 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 it repeated growing fainter and fainter till at length it vanished into nothing the last signs of mr racine mudge vanished with it john silence locked his red book and replaced it in the cabinet which he fastened with a click and when barker answered the bell he inquired if mr mudge had left a card upon the table it appeared that he had and when the servant returned with it dr silence read the address and made note of it it was in north london mr mudge has gone he said quietly to barker noticing his expression of alarm he's not taken his hat with him sir mr mudge requires no hat where he is now continued the doctor stooping to poke the fire but he may return for it and the umbrella sir and the umbrella he didn't go out my way sir if you please stuttered the amazed servant his curiosity overcoming his nervousness mr mudge has his own way of coming and going and prefers it if he returns by the door at any time remember to bring him instantly to me and be kind and gentle with him and ask no questions also remember barker to think pleasantly sympathetically affectionately of him while he is away mr mudge is a very suffering gentleman barker bowed and went out of the room backwards gasping and feeling round the inside of his collar with three very hot fingers of one hand it was two days later when he brought in a telegram to the study dr silence opened it and read as follows bombay just slipped out again all safe have blocked entrances thousand thanks address cooks london mudge dr silence looked up and saw barker staring at him bewilderingly it occurred to him that somehow he knew the contents of the telegram make a parcel of mr mudge's things he said briefly and address them thomas cook and sons ludgate circus and send them there exactly a month from to-day and marked to be called for yes sir said barker leaving the room with a deep sigh and a hurried glance at the waste-paper basket where his master had dropped the pink paper end of case six part two recording by draconis the real basement dwellers podcast will work for money dot net end of john silence by algernon blackwood